0: What advice would you give if a woman has just been diagnosed? To tell her, you get that message that tell you you have cancer. Immediately, first thing you will be shocked. You will go into a mode that thinking you're going to die. Get those thoughts out of your head. That's something. You stay positive. Think of something that will that you want to fight for, and you push. Welcome to the Sick Mom Guide Podcast.
1: If my mom can do it, you can too. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Hardy. I've got seven children, ages six to 28, and multiple chronic illnesses. I've started this podcast so we can open up a dialogue about what it's really like to be moms with chronic illness, chronic pain, anxiety, and depression. This month, we're talking about cancer, and there is no one better to start this month off than my friend, CJ Colas. Here she is. Hi, I'm so happy to have you here today.
0: I'm honored to be here. Thank Thank you so
1: much. And I just want to say, you had said that you had treatment today. And so I can't even imagine what it's like for you to be talking after having that today. So I just extra thank yous and gentle hugs send it your way because girl, you. you are going through a lot. So what kind of treatment are you going through right now? What does
0: that look like? Currently I'm doing chemotherapy and radiation. So that's what I'm doing right now to get, um, to clear cancer out of my lungs.
1: Okay. All right. And so, um, so how did the process of finding out that you had cancer start? Like, did, did they catch it right away? Did, did you have to get the doctor to look into things more? Like, how did that, how did that go?
0: Well, it wasn't right away um, because by the time I learned I was diagnosed with cancer, the cancer had already spread to my lungs. Um, You know, cancer spread up. So it started in my uterus and then moved up to my lungs. What happened, I started experiencing a lengthy menstrual cycle. I was having it for a few months actually. I spoke with my doctor about it and he said um he thought because in the past i was diagnosed with fibroids and he assumed that's what it was that was causing the bleeding he prescribed me birth control and which was supposed to regulate my menstrual cycle and it didn't happen and i kept going back and saying you know something's wrong because us women we know our bodies we know when there's an issue. We know when there's a problem because we feel different. Um, although I was working, um, taking care of my son, you know, your normal daily routine every day. But I noticed I was getting really tired. The fatigue came out of like nowhere. And I remember one day I had serious back pains, and I felt like I couldn't move and get up. And I told my husband, um, something's wrong. I feel like I can't move, like I'm in serious pain. But getting tired was the one of the trigger points for me that said, what's wrong with me? Why am I getting so tired? Um, so I went back to my doctor and I told him exactly how I felt and what I was experiencing. And he said, we're going to do a, um ultrasound. And he did a pep smear too. And the pep smear came back normal. He did a vaginal ultrasound, which is really how they can, it's normally, usually accurate. And everything came back normal. And he said he noticed in the um, ultrasound, my fibroids had gotten a lot bigger and I had three of them. And he said, my last option was to have surgery. But at this point, he said he wanted to send, because I was having like heavy, heavy, heavy bleeding. And he said, I want you to um, go into the hospital and we I want to do a DNC, which is basically scraping the clotting and the blood out of me because it was happening so, it was so bad. And once I went into the hospital, they did a CT scan. This was like 30 days after I had the ultrasound, okay. so this is a month later. Um, I went into the hospital, and before he w- he wanted to do the DNC, he they did a they did some blood work as the hospital normally do before you go and do any procedure, right? And the blood work came back that I was positive for pregnancy, which was inaccurate because. Of course, I had a vaginal ultrasound done 30 min, thirty days before. Right. And my The pregnancy showed I was, was at least, had to be at least nine months pregnant.
1: Oh, wow. Because
0: my HEC levels were so high. So um, that's when they thought, okay, something is wrong. I know you're not pregnant. Let me do more testing to see exactly what it is. So I did a CT scan the next day. They actually admitted me at the hospital. I got admitted and they did a CT scan that evening. And the next morning he came back, the CT scan, they saw cancer. Um, It wasn't fibroids. It was a tumor in my uterus and it had already spread to my lungs. Wow. So that was the result. And immediately finding out you have cancer, it's like a death sentence. You just immediately think, oh my God, I'm going to die. That's what you think.
1: Right. And you
0: just... And I remember my doctor telling me, well, we need to do more, another scan to see if it's anywhere else, if it's in your brain, if it's in your liver, where else could it have been? So it was the worst thing, you imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even imagine. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. And the reason I wanted to talk to you so bad is I met you, I think it was back in October. So yeah, about seven there. months ago, give or take September, September October. Uh-huh. So seven, eight months ago, we met, and you have this passion and energy to mm-hmm. you. Like it just, it just, it's catching. Talking to you, and mm-hmm. you were just on fire because you wanted other women to know. Like if you notice things with your body, you need to talk to the doctor. So real quick, how long was it from the time you noticed the extra bleeding right to the time mm-hmm. they did this test? How long was that?
0: Um, I can, I was diagnosed end of August. Okay. I, I started, I remember in June, because it's my son's birthday is in June, and right. I remember my parents were visiting for his birthday, and I said, uh, my mom and I were having a conversation, and my dad was sitting next to us, and he said, "Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I need to hear this. But I was telling her how I was having this heavy menstrual cycle, right? and, um, and he said, wow, you're having a menstrual cycle? Um, my dad said, how long has it been? It's not normal. I said, I know. And he said, how long? And I remember telling her, since April. Right. From so- April, June, April, May, June, I was having a conversation with my mom. And I said, I've been to the doctor. I'm scheduling another appointment. Because and then I wasn't diagnosed in August. So the time they took to take these measures, the cancer was spreading in my in my body. Right. Right.
1: And so when I met you, you were talking about starting this foundation and educating women. And I would love it if you would talk about that a little bit because you have done so much in the brief time. I mean, you know, it's because it hasn't even been a year yet, right? You've mm-hmm. been out speaking. I've, I've watched things of you online. You just, it's astounding to me
0: what mm-hmm. you have been able to do in the short amount of time. You are helping other women. While I was at the hospital, I actually remember I went in to do a DNC and then learning that I had cancer. I end up being at the hospital for an extra 12 days. So that, had me thinking oh my goodness like how could this happen how could this be like why my doctor didn't see this before how did he miss it 30 days ago how you know i just had all these different thoughts feelings and emotional feelings and thinking um other women may be going through this and they not you know and because the only symptoms i experienced was the bleeding and of course fatigue I felt like there may be women that's not paying attention to that. There may be women that's going on with their daily lives and not thinking about there's something, something can be wrong with their bodies. And for me, I thought, how about me starting to speak with other people? And I thought about that almost immediately um, when I started chemo and I met other women that was dealing with cancer and asking questions about how did you find out? When did you find out? Um, you know, was it fast enough? And a lot of women said it's it already spread. This would happen and that's what happened. So then by the time when cancer starts in your body, you want your doctor to catch it right away. And that's my goal If because you cannot prevent cancer. There may be things you can do to lower your risk of getting it as far as, you know, eating healthy exercise and those different things but you can't prevent it it can happen to anyone cancer does not discriminate so therefore i I try to let women know if it happens to you this is the things to look for knowing your body and and catching it early will help your survival rate a lot higher um when i learned i was diagnosed with cancer and i asked my doctor bluntly i asked am i going to die and he said um well we need to do more tests to see how far it spread i felt like he didn't say no like i wanted to hear no i wanted him to say right no you're going to be fine but he didn't say that i i wanted just a no but he didn't say that what i got from him said i want to check further like let's see and he said if it's just in your lungs um in chemotherapy works then you have about a ninety percent chance if it's working then if it doesn't work then um we'll see what happens we'll go from there so this is you know they can't guarantee a 100 percent survival rate right and that's still like that's hurtful yeah hurtful but that's what leads me to educating women especially young women that don't think about you know their health or what's going on in their bodies women in college, you know young girls leaving high school Now there's a lot of graduation going on They leave in their parents house and they don't have mom and dad to Tell them let's go see a um pediatrician or Let's go and check the doctor right now. They're going off to college and that's all they're thinking about i'm gonna Be free i'm going to Have fun. I'm having a new life. I'm on my own, you know they want their responsibility, but they don't know what else that comes along with it. They want their freedom. And mo- I was that girl in college, didn't think about, oh, something can be wrong with my body. I have cancer. No 18 year old think about having cancer. Right. You don't think about this could happen to you. And, and this is what I do I say, I go to the universities and speak and let them know listen, you know, if you feel like something is wrong, something is different, get it checked. Because it might be too late. There's a girl I um when I lived in Florida, I met I met her when I was about nineteen and then um I had left the company I worked for and we kinda went our separate ways and I met her, I saw her best friend maybe five years later and I said, um, I haven't seen your friend, what happened? And her friend told me she passed away from cancer and she was just twenty two years old. Wow. You're a young woman too. I'm 37.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you're a you're a young woman. You're not, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, well, cancer. You know, old people worry about that and whatever. Yeah. Um, Which is why your message is so important that you need to listen to your body. Absolutely. And because if you hadn't listened to your body and pushed, you might
0: still not know, right? Yes, and and you know, like I said, it would have kept spreading and spreading until. And a lot of what I've learned and I've researched, a lot of people, when they realize there's something really, really wrong, when it's almost too late, because that's when you experience the worst. You feel like your body can't go anymore. Like now I need to go check a doctor. A lot of people don't like going to the doctor because they feel like, oh, what's the point? Um, I can maybe... I'm experiencing some pain, let me take a Tylenol and it'll cure it, it'll go away. You know, you don't know, you don't know. Like when you go to the doctor, I want people to tell the doctor, because a lot of times you go, your doctor would ask and say, "Um, what you've been experiencing, what do you think is wrong? Um, I don't know, my answer now, I have a different view. My answer now is, I don't know what's wrong. That's why I'm here for you to test me and see what it is i want you to be thorough i want you to really do your research on me because i I felt like my doctor went along with what i said i said in the beginning i said and i was diagnosed with fibroids in the past and this was a new doctor i was well i had been seeing him for maybe a year and i said i experienced this is what i'm what's going on so he went along with this is fibroids. And I, if, I felt like if I didn't say that in the beginning, he would have did further testing.
1: Right. Well, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people would think, oh, well, you're bleeding. That's why you're tired. Right. So yeah. just ignore that. But the point
0: is, I shouldn't be bleeding like this. You know, that's I, the first thing. Another thing I miss, I didn't say. People say that a lot. I had a lot of that. A lot of, even my family was saying the bleeding, a lot of bleeding causing you to be so tired. But what was not normal at the time I had an IUD and I was having that bleeding. So that's very uncommon for you to experience a menstrual cycle while you have an IUD. And my doctor knew that. He knew that. And I, I had the IUD put in when I was about, my son was at the time about four months old. And I learned I had cancer when he was two. Wow! So that's kind of like, you know, what's going on. He's three years old now and you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But it it makes you, does it, do you feel like being a mom and going through this, does it push you harder? A lot. That's that's the main motivation. Um, Knowing that I have a three-year-old kid and he is, He's still learning. I still wanna teach him so much. I still want to I wanna see him become a great man. I wanna see him get married, have children. I wanna see I wanna see him graduate college, graduate high school. I wanna I have to fight for that. I can't just give up because I want to be here. I want to be the one to raise him. So you fight, you motive that's a motivation, you're gonna keep pushing, you keep going. And that's my like that's a goal for me that's a goal. And I think I won't let Kim, because a lot of times you, when you do, I mean, I have moments where I do, I can't get out. I can't get out of my bed. I feel so tired and I'm still trying to push, 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 push and go. But you do have those moments where you, you know what, you have to lay back. You have to lay down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you got to take care of yourself. Like there's. And that, and that's a, a struggle
1: that no matter what your diagnosis is, that a lot of us are struggling with is, like you want to be the mom you want to be, and
0: mm-hmm. take care of
1: yourself, and sometimes that is a battle. But I just, I love your passion, I really do. And so you're starting this foundation, right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's awesome and what you're doing with that.
0: Yes, my foundation is basically to support. I want to support other women that's fighting, that's going through cancer, that's able to get support. Either even just maybe sometimes um, you wanna you wanna have a babysitter. That's the support you know. We wanna I wanna be able to provide um, financially support them. Sometimes there are. Th- I was that girl. I had to open a GoFundMe at one point because I wasn't able to. I had to leave my job. I didn't ever I never thought you know how am I gonna make it without having a job. So. You know, and I'm that person that do not like asking for anything. I always worked and it took a lot out of me to do that. My family was like, you need to do that. You need to open a go for me, you never know. And it helped a bit. It did. And I want to be able to help other people because there's a lot of people struggling. They may be they may not be able to afford medication. I wouldn't be able to do that. And then main point is educating people, spreading awareness. That's my goal and my foundation especially millennials. I want to educate women, um, even men. I met a doctor who lost his wife from uterine cancer. She, He um, lost her about five years ago and they told her she had fibres, just like I was told. And by the time she learned it was cancer, she died within a month. Wow. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, my, I usually host these events. Like my last year, I had my big hats and bow tie event. This year, I'm changing the theme to an all-Black affair, Um, and I want everybody to dress in Black and um, show support, and there's going to be dancing, food, um, giveaways. I want to donate proceeds to a deserving patient that that really needs it. So that's the the whole reason why I'm doing this. And spreading awareness, like, you know, people need to know about uterine cancer, because you hear so much going on about breast cancer. You hear about you know, everything else, prostate cancer. A lot of times people see me and say, oh, you have cancer. And I tell them I yeah, it's uterine cancer and they have no idea. Oh, I've never heard of uterine cancer. And it's the n- number six cause of death in the U.S. in cancer, in cancer number yeah. six. But you don't hear about it. Yeah,
1: because it's a part of the woman's body. You know, it's so funny to me how, you know, Men can be you know, like prostate cancer and there's all that stuff. And people talk about that, right? Absolutely. And that's a part of a man's body, but it's it's an open conversation or even breast cancer. But anything has to do with like down there, you know, like we can't say yeah. those words. Because and I, I, that's why I love what you're doing, you know, because my daughter asked me today, I told her about our interview and she said, well, oh, you know, what's going on? And I said, oh, she's got you. Know, and she goes, I have no idea what that is. And I thought, well, then I'm not doing my job because she's eight. You know? And she should know. So we talked about it a little bit. You know, yeah. Instead of being like, oh, it's just a woman thing, don't ask. You know, I think that's what a lot of people say.
0: And yeah, people so, are embarrassed to talk about the, exactly. the um people are embarrassed to talk about stuff like that. Like you can't feel ashamed embarrassed because this is part of our bodies. We can't think, Oh, I don't wanna discuss this. I don't wanna no. And that's my thing. Um, having an abnormal period. It's abnormal. It's not normal. Exactly. So don't ignore I know a lot of women we deal with it and we just oh it's always been that way. We move on and go on. But we still need to make sure we're taking care of our bodies. We still need to make sure, you know, um it's abnormal, but because that's something that needs to come out. It's something, you know, you have in a menstrual cycle, that's something your body naturally wants to release. It's I know. There's a lot of going on with, you know, they having stuff up, they like like our insurance companies, for example, most insurance would pay for women to get mammogram yearly. And why can't they pay for everybody to get like a CT scan yearly so that we can check for disease in our bodies, like the uterine cancer, because like the PEP smear I did was came back normal and I had cancer. That should have been should have been seen in the pep smear. My ultrasound came back normal. They should have seen something, you know. So that's all an issue. And that's why I started a petition along with my foundation showing, you know, our insurance need to pay for annual CT scans for everybody so that we can find what's going on in our bodies. I want, you know, just to educate people, just to keep pushing forward and spread the word, just like they celebrate... Breast cancer every October. Uterine cancer is celebrated in September. That's the Awareness Month. You don't hear anyone talking about it. You see celebrities everywhere wearing pink ribbons, athletes on the field playing football, wearing pink socks, gloves, and nothing about uterine cancer. It's just as important. And honestly... Uterine cancer, like during my research, it targets more Caucasian women, but statistics shows more African-American women are dying from it because they are not really checking their bodies or doing research or learning about it. So that's a problem there. That is a problem. There's about 70,000 women just in the United States every year that's diagnosed with uterine cancer. Out of these women, half of them will
1: die. Wow. That's a huge number. That is a huge, that's a staggering is what that is. Yeah. And I and I think, yet you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, 50% of humans have a uterus, right? You know, wow. and have a cervix and have all these things that we don't want to talk about, right? And it, it seems so silly when you think about it that way, you know, or like periods, you know? And it's, it's interesting because lately there's been this push in certain other countries to like normalize that and be able to talk about that. But even in the U S there's a lot of
0: shame and embarrassment and, and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. A lot. Even when um, women are trying to breastfeed their babies and that's, that people get ashamed. People like, get, I don't care. Like those things, it's natural. That's something. I mean, there were times people were, there's places where people walk around basically naked. So what's the problem? We're just talking about it. We're not um, walking around naked, you know. There's right. nothing wrong with it. And even women that have a regular menstrual cycle, some, sometimes you might experience, um, because you see it. You see, your, you, you see it. You may see it a different color. It's either lighter, darker, or it's a different color. No, that's there's, there's one indication that may be a problem. That needs to be checked, or you might get an order from it. That's a problem. So that's something you need to be checked. Like little detail, little things people need to be aware of. Little things people need to be mindful in just making sure you know there's nothing wrong with me. Um, Recently, I was having an issue where I felt like I couldn't breathe. It's been maybe about a month or two, and I. I would try to breathe hard and it hurts. I'll cough, it hurts. I would go up and down the stairs and it would hurt. I'll get on a treadmill, it would hurt. That's all not normal. These things are, you know, things that you need to, I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? I went to the doctor to find out I have fluids in my lungs. Along with getting treatment and all of this, fluids in your lungs. Now, if it's over, because I'm on. You know, with everything that's going on with cancer, if it had gone over a certain amount, my lungs could have collapsed. So Mm -hmm. these are the things, you know, we have to always think about because imagine me thinking, oh, I had, I, you know, I'm having difficulty breathing because I'm so tired or because I know I have cancer in my lungs or I'm, I did some work today. I lift something that caused it. And the entire time, you know, your body is building something that's not supposed to be there, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it just it goes back to
1: knowing your body, listening to your body, yeah, right? Absolutely. And absolutely. and be not being afraid to go to the doctor and say, hey, you know. And even if it's a female thing, like we don't like to go to the gynecologist. Who likes those stirrups, right? They suck. Absolutely. absolutely. But it's definitely worth it's worth finding it. out that you're absolutely. okay. Yeah. or you know, or if you're um, not okay finding out early so that they I can fix it.
0: it. Yeah, so. it's so worth it. it's yeah. worth it. I mean, take the time and do it. And I remember at the time I was working and I then this is another issue and I and I'm and I'm talking about me and how I'm not saying that I was negligent because I just felt like I didn't take it so seriously because I didn't think I was going to get cancer. Right. And I wasn't there, but I remember Leaving my doctor's office and I was bleeding really heavy and I went back to work. I left the office, it's about a 15-20 minutes drive. By the time I got to my job, my skirt had was a mess. I took my blazer and wrapped it around my waist, and I went in the back to the back door in the building. And I remember I saw the VP of my company, and I and she said to me, CJ, what's going on? I said, and I and I quickly called her and said, Come here, come here, come to my office. And I shut my door and I said, Look, she said, What are you doing here? I said, I had an appointment and I find out, you know, I um I'm bleeding and I'm going to do a DNC the next morning. So I just wanted to finish up some work and I'm still thinking about work. You know, we we still so focus on our job. And I said, I just wanted to finish up some things because I'm gonna be out tomorrow. I have an outpatient procedure, I'll be out tomorrow. And she said. I go home. And I said, No, I'm leaving, but but I just want to let you know. And I sent an email to the CEO and I said I'll be out tomorrow um because I have a procedure and I'm finishing up some work. And that was the end of the day. And the next day I found out I had cancer. Wow. And the next day I find out I had cancer. So I emailed I remember email calling my CEO and I called her and she didn't answer it And she called me back. She said, Hey, how was your procedure? And I said to her, Well, I just learned I have cancer. I think they're going to keep me here a little bit longer. And she was, all I heard was dead silence. And she was, she was quiet. And I said, "Um, can you bring my laptop at the hospital so I can focus on work? She said, I don't think you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, really? And I was thinking, I'm, I, I wanted my mind off of this. Right. After I cried and after I, you know, scream and, And my anger was out. And I actually questioned God and was angry and said, why me? But then again, I thought, I don't want it to happen to anyone else. I just don't want it to happen at all, you know? And I said, what did I do to deserve this? You know, you think about those things. Right. And immediately, and I remember um, my CEO, she came to see me like the next day at the hospital. And we prayed, we talked about it. She was like, don't worry about work, you know, Um, we're going to take care of things. And you're, you've are you done everything else, so don't worry. You know, just focus on yourself. You have to take care of yourself. And immediately I thought, what's next? What am I going to do? You know, because your life revolves so much around work. And imagine, and and the same VP sent me an email, well, a text message not too long ago. She said, you're killing yourself for a job that will replace you within a day if you drop dead. And that's what we don't think about. We kill ourselves for our jobs. We kill ourselves to do everything else, but we don't take care of ourselves. And that's something we need to think about and always do. We need to take care of ourselves. What advice would you give if a woman has just been diagnosed? To tell her, you get that message that tell you, you have cancer. Immediately, first thing, you will be shocked. You will go into a mode that thinking you're going to die. Get those thoughts out of your head. That's something. You stay positive. Think of something that will that you want to fight for, and you push and you keep on. There's don't give up. Don't give up. Have a positive attitude. I believe you having a positive attitude, and don't let cancer define you. Keep pushing. Like I always say, I well, there's a friend of mine that wrote a book. It's called um It's called Find the Beauty in You Now, and that make me think about finding the beauty in my now. Like mine now is the worst you can go through. And I'm still trying to find the beauty. You know, I'm still thinking about, you know what, I'm going to get up, get dressed up. I have to draw on my eyebrows, put on some fake lashes because I have no hair and I'm going to show up to chemotherapy and look good. You know, you. I make it fun. Like that's something you, you, you can't let, can't let it kill you. You can't let it bring you down because your because stress will kill you because you don't let it stress you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you will have moments where you just down and you thinking about oh my god when you feel like you can't do something. I remember one day I couldn't open a bottle of water. I was so weak. My hands were so tired and I was frustrated and no one was at home with me to help me. And I thought and I threw the bottle. Like, what am I doing? And I just started crying. And I picked myself back up and I said, you know what? It's just a chapter. It's just something for now. I'm gonna get through this. You know? I can't let that define me. Like cancer is just a chapter in my life. Cancer is not my entire life. And I will look back at this and think about, and I can help other people and think about this is what I went through. I can't wait for me to. My son to have an understanding of what's really happening. I can explain to him, this is what mommy went through. You know, this is what happened when you were three years old. You know, right. I, I can do that. He understand that I, I am sick, but he doesn't really understand right. why, what it is. Yes, he, he knows. But, you know, if you are diagnosed with any type of disease, do your research Keep finding out ways there's other things you can do to you know just don't rely on like I don't just rely on chemotherapy there's um I do a lot of um natural remedies at home like um my family's from the island and we believe in you know a lot of healing from tea a lot of natural tea I drink a lot of those things, so this is my way of keep on pushing and doing other things. And, you know, I want people to know you're diagnosed with something, don't give up, just keep fighting. I know it's easier said than done, but when I tell you living it, keep reading things about your diagnosis, read about it, do research on it, see what caused it, see what you can do to lower your risk. Like I've learned, cancer loves sugar. I have to not eat sugar, then they won't find anything to feed on. You know, those little things you can do. And I right. feel like I'm I'm healing and I, I'm, I'm... I'm going to make it. I can't say I feel like I know I will.
1: Thank you so much, CJ, for joining me today. Isn't she fabulous? Her inspiring determination is the reason that I had to have her on When I met her within seconds, I was just drawn to her and her energy and her positivity. And everywhere she goes, CJ is spreading the word about cancer and how it doesn't have to be the end. And you can be proactive and you can work on it. And she is doing such a fantastic job inspiring others. I hope that she's inspired you. I would love it if you would go down in the show notes. You can find ways that you can contact her on her website and Facebook and Instagram. You can email me jen at jenhardy.net. I will forward everything to CJ. She just has such a wonderful story to tell. And it just goes to show this really doesn't have to be the end. We have to be willing to open up and talk about cancer, be real about cancer, and learn to share the good about what's happening instead of just talking about the bad. Because it's not a great thing that you would wish for, no, but there is a very strong community of women who are fighting cancer. And I encourage you again to connect with us. You can find me in my group, Chronically Positive Moms. Right now we're on Facebook. It's chronically because we're all chronic, positive because we're trying to be positive in spite of those things that are happening to our bodies. And we're all moms. So I'd love it if you'd come in there. Or like I said, send me an email, jen at jenhardy.net. And if you want to follow the podcast, you can go to jenhardy.net slash podcast. You'll find all the episodes there or anywhere that you listen to podcasts like you're doing now. Thank you again for joining me today. My music is A New Day by Scott Holmes, and I look forward to talking to you next week.